Welcome to Innisfil Accelerates, a podcast about the people and technology transforming one Ontario town. Today, we're talking about change. Canada's workplace is changing, and it's changing rapidly. The last 12 months have illustrated that point vividly. Almost overnight, most of us went from office workers to remote workers. And the kinds of jobs we're doing are changing too. Technology is already a huge part of the economy and it's growing rapidly. Nearly 2 million Canadians work in the tech economy, and that's growing by about 4% every year. But men are still hugely overrepresented in those jobs, and that's something my guest this week is trying to change. Sarah Bentham is the director of the Henry Burnick Entrepreneurship Centre at Georgian College. The centre is a cornerstone of the local startup community, and Sarah is doubling down on her efforts to empower local entrepreneurs with projects like the Accelerate and Accelerate Her conferences. Yeah, I know I get a chance to talk to people all over Ontario and now with COVID, our reach is even further afield. So we describe our entrepreneurship center as being without borders. And because we're based out of a college, we have a huge alumni network. So we're actually uh, providing support and resources to entrepreneurs all around the world, which is great. And when I'm talking to those entrepreneurs often, I, you know, I, I'm excited about our area and I'm talking about what a great safe place it is to land if you're an entrepreneur. And so I like to describe the ecosystem as being, it's possible to be, you know, that one degree of separation between the resource that somebody needs and also, um, also the people that they need to meet. And it kind of, you know, the big challenges I see come up are mostly around talent. So, Another really amazing selling feature for Simcoe County is that we do have this um, educated population uh, having the college, you know, right here and having Lakehead and Aurelia. Um, employers or startups have the opportunity to leverage a huge amount of talent that's coming out of there. Tell me more about the Entrepreneurship Center. Um, what is its mission and like, you know, how do you spend your day, basically? For sure. We're, we're really fortunate that we're funded by the college, but initially we were made possible by an endowment from the Burnick family. So the Henry Burnick Entrepreneurship Center came about because Henry and his wife truly valued mentorship and, and the impact that it had on them as they you know, grew to be really successful entrepreneurs. And so that's sort of baked into the core of the center is mentorship. And, you know, it's not just, you know, critical to have a mentor as an entrepreneur, but it's, it's really important to have access to mentors with variety of skill sets. So we have 16 mentors on our, in our roster that, that can provide information on, you know, a huge variety of topics from e-commerce to, um, you know, your financials and accounting and sales. We have a diversity and inclusivity specialist. And what we're trying to do is create a mentorship center of excellence where um, entrepreneurs can come and get access to whatever resources and supports that they need. Mentorship is something that's come up a lot in my previous conversations. In, in fact, some of the companies I've been speaking with have had mentors that work at the Entrepreneurship Center. And it's an interesting thing because, you know, we have a, a typical idea of what a business person is. Uh, and it's hard, I think, for a lot of these people to, to ask for help or to know that they can ask for help. 
Yeah, it, it can be a bit of a hurdle, but I think um, the, the best thing that happens for us is this sort of word of mouth referral system. And the, the most important thing that we can do is create that safe space for people to feel comfortable in sharing the information about this precious idea that they have. And um, we do a lot of talking to students. Um, we probably see about a thousand students a year. I would describe our superpower being the opportunity to share your idea and receive non-biased feedback. So in some cases, it happens very rarely. We we hear an idea that simply might not be sustainable or work. And the best advice that we can give that entrepreneur is to, to not go forward with it. But more often than not, it's just we're hearing great ideas. And where the mentorship comes in is as a is a huge value add to the entrepreneurs is saying, and yes, that's a great idea, but let's grow it even bigger than what you've dreamed. And and by le- um, accessing these these talented folks, you, you might be able to um, imagine even a larger outcome than what you had previously thought. I think when people that live in larger centers think about uh, businesses, you know, in more rural areas, you know, they think about agriculture and maybe the other kinds of small businesses that we're all used to on Main Street. But what I've been really surprised with is the level of tech startups in the area. You don't necessarily associate high tech with, you know, Simcoe County, at least not for people that live in Toronto, for example. Can you talk a little bit about the kinds of businesses that you're seeing develop in and around the area? Yeah, no, in terms of the types of businesses that we see, we're seeing a lot of food related businesses. So food innovation is really hot here. We get lots of entrepreneurs that that share and and create these amazing new food products. And we have some real success stories that are coming out of our region, especially related to food. So companies that are highly investable, that are scaling and that, you know, have food products that are all across Canada and the US now. The other interesting area that we see a lot of is around the manufacturing sector. So within our center, we also have a research and innovation department that does R&D and research for companies. And we've been able to do some really interesting projects with uh, manufacturing firms around this area to expand their product line, as well as their their automations and even, uh, even their manufacturing processes. So those are two that kind of come to mind as being unusual. What we've seen too, uh, well, two more things I'd love to talk about is um, e-commerce is huge in this area. So lots of companies going through our e-commerce rockstars program and the kinds of products that they're bringing in and selling or, or you know, creating here and selling are, are really unique. Like some of my favorite ones are like weighted blankets. We've got blue light glasses. We've got lounge suits going like crazy right now um, due to COVID. But and the other piece that I love about Simcoe County is that there is a strong, strong cluster of women entrepreneurs that are supportive and collaborative and We've been able to launch Accelerate Her, you know, with with our partners in the ecosystem to really provide added resources that are specific to those that identify as a woman in the space of entrepreneurship. So that's been really exciting just to see how strong that is in our ecosystem. And it just comes back to that that mantra of a really safe, a really welcoming and supportive uh, place to start a business. I know that support for women entrepreneurs is really close to your heart. And it's such an important piece, I think, especially when you think about the pandemic and how many kinds of businesses or jobs have just gone away uh, and may or may not be coming back, sadly. Can you talk a little bit about what is needed to really kickstart that even further? I have, you know, really big ideas for the ecosystem. And there's there's sort of two places that I look to that I would love to model our ecosystem more closely after. So I look at Boulder, Colorado as being a very similar type of place um, that that we're that 
is similar to us in Simcoe County in terms of like the size and the type of population and the access to resources. Um, so, and they've done it just so well. So we're looking really closely at Boulder and creating some partnerships there to not copy, but to learn from the blueprint that they've created and implement some of those relationships and some of those, I guess, building blocks to our ecosystem. And I think that'll that'll help us to, to expand it even further. And then Waterloo is really interesting for us as well. And, and you described the fact that we've got a large number of tech companies um, starting up in this region. So we are actually in talks with the folks from Communitech to see, you know, what what we might be able to implement here that'll even help build a further bridge from Simcoe County to that area and and expand it that way. So we're looking across the border, but we're also looking right here in Ontario for ways to partner, collaborate, and expand. You know, that partnership and collaboration is another thing that I've really noticed of the businesses here. Not to say it's not competitive and some of those businesses compete with one another. They certainly do, but there is a bit more of a, if I can use the word, like more community-minded attitude, I find with a lot of these businesses um, that reach out to each other and provide support and, uh, you know, having the DMZ as a place to come and and discuss their ideas together is a really interesting and quite heartening thing to see. And I think the Burnick Center is a real piece to that as well. Am I characterizing this correctly, do you think? And, and if so, can you expand on that idea? Yeah, I think you're totally right. We are in a really fortunate position where we're friends with all of the partners within the ecosystem. And we put together huge events like at the Accelerate Summit. And being part of those those shared events and those shared initiatives has really solidified the partnerships. And we're, we feel so fortunate that if we have a tech company that comes to us at the Burnick Center that we know exactly where we're going to send them and, and what kind of care and support they're going to get. So I think you, you definitely see that. And then you also have a group of people within the ecosystem in roles like the one that I have that genuinely love this community. And, you know, I was born in Barrie. I lived all over the world and chose to come back here. And we like to bake that into everything that we're doing, um, that value set of when you truly care about the place that you live in, you also truly care about the people that live there and that they, you know, the quality of life is going, is increasing for everybody. And so I think that's what makes us a little bit different. For sure. And, and no, I mentioned the pandemic earlier and you talked about offering support to one another. Um, can you, and such a huge question to ask, like how has it affected the area, uh, but specifically when it comes to the ecosystem um, and the startup ecosystem, what have you noticed um, in terms of how it's changed the trajectory of businesses and indeed more specifically about thing at the Henry Burnick Center? for registrations, et cetera. Like, can you just kind of give me a lay of the land right now, kind of post or mid COVID, let's say end of COVID, hopefully. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping it's end. We, we're seeing lots of people coming through our doors, virtual doors. And, and I think, you know, when I look at those bright blessings that COVID's provided us with, and there's not many, that is one of them is that by being able to offer our services virtually, we can reach a wider number of people. We're also more accessible. So we are seeing lots of, of new clients, lots of really new, interesting ideas, many related to COVID. And we're seeing those businesses shift their focus to, to being able to be part of the solution with relation to COVID and the challenges it presents. But in terms of this area, 
What I'm seeing a little bit of right now is compassion fatigue amongst our entrepreneurs. So you've got entrepreneurs that are running businesses, potentially schooling children, you know, managing the challenges related to just day-to-day life in, in a pandemic. And that's something that really concerns me. So the focuses of our workshops in the future are gonna, definitely going to be around, you know, marketing and we do a lot in e-commerce, but we're having to look at our entrepreneurs um, with a lot more care and kindness in terms of mental health supports that we can provide or workshops around managing stress, um, also understanding and naming compassion fatigue that people are feeling and, and finding ways to remain inspired and and continue working towards our goals. I love that you guys are trying to offer those supports and and again, having that focus on, on the person, not just the business, I think is so critical to success. But you know, when I think when I think about people and and startups, so often you hear in Canada businesses complaining about not being able to access a, a labor pool that has the kind of skills that they need. And I can think of businesses that may be reticent to move to the area for that main fear that they just won't have that talent pool to draw on. I mean, you're connected to Georgian College. Are you? Do you think you're doing a good enough job to provide that skills and training to provide the, the labor force that these companies need? Yeah, that's something that we think and talk about a lot at Georgian College. And I get to hear a lot of faculty feedback around you know, the topics being taught in classes and, and the types of um, skill sets that the students are, are, are learning. And, and I feel really confident that the technology programs that are, are turning out these amazing graduates, we have engineering, I mean, nursing is huge for us as well, just to name a few of these of the courses and, and programs that we have. Um, I would love to talk to any employer about the workforce that they need to ensure that their business is successful. And what I see happening that has a real great impact on on the work that we do at Georgian College is when employers join our advisory councils and and share that firsthand as we're building out programs and as we're, you know, shifting curriculum to meet the demands. we can actually do it alongside employers. And, and we see that a lot. We have a really interesting company in Oro called MPC and their founder sits on our advisory councils and actually, you know, shares immediately what types of skill sets that he needs for his employees and the type of culture that he has within his company. And we're able to train exactly for that. You know, we were talking a little bit about uh, DMZ Innisfil and the collaborative atmosphere between all these different pieces. Can you talk a little bit about that uh, synergy, if I can use that overused term, between those different pieces, uh, specifically between uh, the Henry Burnick Center and DMZ Innisfil. Can you just talk about how you guys collaborate to try and support this next generation of startups? We have the opportunity to work together, like I mentioned, on a number of initiatives, and and that has truly strengthened the partnership between our two organizations. Um, But I like to look at it almost like a giant wheel where you've got, you know, an entrepreneur at the core and and then all these various partners that can provide different types of support. So we don't see a ton of duplication in this area. And, and when we do, it is more of a collaboration. So, you know, where we see the DMZ has incredible mentors as well that are, you know, focused for tech companies. We feel fortunate that a, an entrepreneur can start with us and get to a point where it's a perfect fit in the DMZ programs and they go and hang out there for a bit and, and you know, totally increase their skill sets and their, their sustainability and their viability and then potentially come back to us later on down the road 
for, you know, the type of thing like talent or <laughs> HR, or we have fractional CFOs and things like that. So, so there is definitely this back and forth that happens. Um, but our main goal is to make sure that companies are ready and at the perfect stage for the DMZ to, to work with them. Yeah, it's exciting. And, you know, you mentioned that you'd lived all over the world and you're born in Barrie, but you decided to come back to the area. Why? Why did you want to come back? The reason that people would want to live here and the reason that I definitely settled back here has to do with a lifestyle choice. So there's not that same urgency or hustle or pressure uh, in this area. We've got this beautiful balance of life and work where you're working hard and, and accomplishing amazing things and then you're skiing or golfing or paddleboarding or whatever lake sports you enjoy. And I think that that balance of, of life and work and the opportunity to, to do those recreational things makes people better entrepreneurs. You know, I think it's it's a healthier way to, to live life. Um, I'm not saying anything bad about Toronto. There, is, <laughs> there are people that, you know, definitely go ahead and live in Toronto if you want to. But um, there is definitely... I would say a, a sweeter, a sweeter life over here um, with access to the lake and different recreational, uh, like uh, trail systems. It's amazing, and you know, I think that that if you can eliminate or take a little tiny bit of stress out of your life by having access to those things, it's completely worth it. <laughs> I won't say this is a positive aspect of COVID, but it is this thing where we saw like almost a decade of change in the way that we work in like less than a year. And, you know, I'm specifically referring to having remote workforces and being able to work from home. And I think so many people have come to this realization that, oh yeah, I don't have, we don't have to do it this way. <laughs> I don't have to live in this super expensive apartment and, you know, be trapped in traffic uh, for two hours or three hours a day. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. That and again, not to take away from city cities will always be there, but I just see that in rural parts of the country that we're going to see a lot more businesses and individuals just deciding to to live there instead and build their businesses there. Yeah, that's exciting. I was talking to an employer this week about their workforce and they actually have one of their, I, I think they've just hired in a senior leadership role and that person lives in Richmond Hill. And previously they would not have hired somebody outside of this area um, just for the fact that they would be challenging for them to get the office and we have snowstorms and things like that. You talk about the challenges around having like talent and hiring. And I think that's, you know, what it comes down to all the time is, uh, is it's, it's the people problem that has just been eliminated. And so as long as you have a great culture packed into your, your organization, you're going to find the right person and it won't really matter where they live. So, and on the other side, <laughs> you can have an amazing job and live in Simcoe County and it might not be based here. <laughs> Well, you know, as we wind down this conversation, I, you know, you've been the driving force behind the Accelerate Conference and Accelerate Her, which you mentioned as well. Do you want to just talk a little bit more about that before I let you go? Because I know it's near and dear to your heart and you think it's a, an important part of the, what we're talking about in developing this ecosystem. So so what is the Accelerate Conference and Accelerate Her and how can people participate? Yeah, Accelerate Summit takes place uh, the last week of October and we like to call it the, the business version of homecoming. So it's a place where you come back, connect with other business owners, obtain a wide amount of knowledge, thought leadership, and start to see what the next trends are in business. And the Accelerate Summit Conference gives us the chance to bring in, you know, the best and brightest minds in the business landscape to do keynotes and expert classes and workshops. And I think on top of all of that, the best feedback that we get is around the networking. So everybody walks away saying they met somebody new and everybody has this this wider connection and, and network base after, after the conference. So I'm excited for the day that we get to do that in a more hybrid format, some in person and some virtual just for accessibility. But I think it truly 
shows our ecosystem as being, you know, what I think is one of the best in Canada. And it gives us the chance to really showcase that and uh, give give back to the entrepreneurs. That's great. Is there anything else you want to talk with the audience about before I let you go? If you identify as a woman and you would like to be connected and uh, have the opportunity to access resources specifically designed for you, check out accelerateher.ca. And uh, like I mentioned, we operate without borders. So from wherever you're listening from, we're looking forward to meeting you and getting a chance to, to share some of our resources with you. Sarah, thanks for taking time for me. Okay, thank you so much for the opportunity. <laughs> You can learn about how to connect with Sarah by clicking the link in the show description for this episode. There you'll find bonus content and access to our exclusive weekly newsletter. Innisfil Accelerates is a program sponsored by the town of Innisfil. You can learn more about how they can help support your great business idea at innisfilaccelerates.ca.